Hello and welcome to episode four of Screams and Moans Returns. It's still the podcast about movies and sex, but not together because that would be porn. This episode, I have with me a frequent guest from uh, the classic Screams and Moans, Nigel. Hello. Good evening. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm still sober, so that's one thing to our advantage, isn't it? I was going to say, that's a, that's a, I don't want to say unusual in a bad way, just meaning, you know, it's that's a weeknight. A, that's a first. Yeah, but it's my week. Well, no, it's, it's, it's the last day of my weekend because I have me, my weeks off, my days off in the middle of the week. So this is actually my Sunday night. So, oh, man. yeah, so basically what I'm doing is getting absolutely fucking bladdered before I have to go to work again in the morning. It's the best way to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> I I was gonna ask, um, did it snow up where you are this past week? Um, yeah, we had we had quite a bit. Um, it's all gone. It comes and goes as quickly as that. Um, but we've got a place near us called Rivington Pike, and um, it, uh, we, we were walking. Around. I took Molly up there. Molly is my little dog. We walked around the reservoir, and then we we said, "Oh, we'll go up Rivington Pike," and it was. I've never seen anything like it. it was a winter wonderland. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I put some pictures on Facebook uh, showing it. So we did. We had we had some snow. The marina where I live and the surrounding environs were all very, very picturesque. But then it went as quickly as it came. So at the moment, we've got mud. Oh, that's always the way it is. See, down here, well, I shouldn't say we didn't get any snow, but... It was it was much lighter. It didn't really coat anything other than just maybe um, some of the pavement and a bit of the grass. But but it's funny, really, because the UK is such a small small country. But even over the what two hundred and a bit miles between me and you, you can get really profound differences in climate. And from here up to like Scotland. You can get, so even in a, a small island, as Bill Bryson once called us, you can get massive changes in, uh, in in climate. That's what I like about this country is it's four seasons in one day, really. You know, you can get wind and rain and hail one day and then beautiful sunlight and sun, sunshine the day after. You know, I don't yeah, like predictability. No. I like unpredictability. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely uh, what that's I found why, to be that's, English that's weather. That's why I've been divorced <laughs> twice. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, well, so have I technically, uh, but uh, hey, I, I don't plan on having a third. Oh, so. absolutely not. Heaven forbid. Beautiful mom. Yes, exactly. Well, you have took some nice walks this summer. Yeah, um, yeah. When you met him. Last summer. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we had a lovely time. I just never realised how fucking big he is. <laughs> <laughs> There's a photograph of us walking along, and it looks like dad and lad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is quite tall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, we definitely had a good time. I know it, we've known each other for years now, so yeah. I've always kind of wanted to be able to to take some walks with you and yeah it was definitely it was nice and that that day we spent in the meal we had on the marina i mean it's nice that that is something i like it's a memory that was a really nice memory that will go you know i can carry on with me yeah yeah definitely um speaking of walks um you do a podcast now about um well, I walks do. that you and molly take yeah i mean as you know over the past over the past God knows how many years, um, probably eight years or something like that. I, I've done podcasts and they've been mostly quite racy, um, to say the least. <laughs> uh, Uncle Arthur. Uh, but that came to an end. And then I, I started it. I used to do a lot of, of climbing and walking in the Lake Districts and wild camping. Then I had a couple of massive heart attacks. And it meant that I then had to cut my cloth and do like these nice low level walks and which you still do every day um and i haven't actually done a podcast for a, a, a few weeks and we need to get out but i think it's the weather that just puts me off once spring comes in we'll be there but uh yeah it's called um molly walks one 
One Dog and Her Man, it's called. And they basically, they're just nice. My mum listens to them. That's how tame they are. Uh, and they're just my walks in the countryside. And I tr- what I tried to do, the idea I did them originally was because I wanted them. I thought there's a lot of people out there back with, with visual problems and disabilities and things like that and i thought you know i want to do something i can just describe and kind of so people can sit with their eyes closed and a cup of tea and get a real image and i think it worked which means i go into a lot of detail about the bird song the smells uh the colors of the foliage and things like that and that's and you know i have suddenly grown up from being uncle arthur where i used to get drink probably a, a bottle and a half of whiskey before I started recording that um, I do these now and I quite enjoy doing them. I think part of that's having Molly now and, you know, uh, enjoying going walking with her. But yeah, yeah. You ask a question, you get a fucking 10 minute answer off me. <laughs> well, I should have been prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose with that, we should probably uh, keep moving and uh, yeah. get on to the movie yeah. that we both watched so um this episode uh we decided to cover meet the feebles which it's a bit older 1989 Mm -hmm. one of uh peter jackson's early films and for those who have been listening to the show finally one without subtitles um (laughs) i was kind of developing a bit of a a pattern there with movies and and that that uh had subtitles but um this one's in English. Um, so I guess maybe, you know, not being racist, if you're from another country, maybe you do have to watch it with subtitles. But um Tough. <laughs> and um yeah, it, it did win a, a New Zealand film and TV award, but for the design on the puppets. So um anyway, with that, Nigel, what what were some of your first impressions of uh, Meet the Feebles? Right. No. First of all, um, you know, the, the, the direct links are like the Muppets and things like that, but a lot darker. But um, uh, years and years ago, and I think it might have been the 80s, there was a, a, a cartoon called Fritz the Cat. Uh, I don't think it was banned in most cinemas and things like that because it was the same kind of, no holds barred. And I think what you're doing with puppets, puppets are traditionally uh, are for children. Uh, so you've got this, this this crossover here that it's, 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 it's dark. It's very dark. And he, Peter Jackson doesn't really hold much back. Um, but it's there's a couple of things I want to say about it, really. Um, but we'll go into that later on. Well, the first impressions are you don't think there's much of a plot. And then the plot kind of develops about two-thirds of the way through because it's all about avarice and greed and drugs and money at all costs. And it doesn't matter who you like, kill off in the meantime to get it. The actual uh, theatre that it's all based around is kind of, I think it's kind of incidental. All that does is provide the characters. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good way of thinking about it actually. Cause I was going to say my, my first impressions were, and I think it's, it is that whole, because you think of puppets related to, you know, childhood and children and innocence and things was kind of what, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like what, is going on in this yeah. this movie and and I think I knew you know right away the people who suggested I I watch this film was kind of an indication that they knew I like things that are not really mainstream things that are a bit different and I think this film definitely covered that with um kind of the way I would categorize it is sex drugs and cabaret almost yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's interesting that uh, Peter Jackson has done it because we're going into too much detail yet about it. It's you've got this transatlantic confusion kind of thing. And when I'm, I've watched it twice now, and what I've found is that 
the nice characters and the weaker characters have got British accents and all the stronger characters and the cruel buggers have got American accents. Right? So there you go. That's a one. Right? But also, there is a scene where, right, the car's in it. The car's in it. They look like uh, the James Cagney type of vehicle, but they also look like the Morris the English Morris Thousand that I had when I was 17 years old, but a bit bigger. So there's that kind of bit of a crossover as well. Whereas it's like a, a melting pot of of um, American English and probably Antipodean things going on. But there's one thing, when they come out of the cinema, uh, out of the theatre, in the car, they turn left, they drive on the left-hand side of the road. So there you go. So they either, it's either wanting it to be based in England or is that just Peter Jackson with his New Zealand take on it? See, that's you know, what the I was more, thinking. The more, the more you watch this, the more little things you pick up on like that. Um, and the more interesting it gets because, but then you start getting obsessed with picking up on nuances like accents and then you'll start looking at things and seeing if there's a toaster, does that look like an English toaster or an American toaster and things like that. It's, 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 it got me like that after the second time of watching it where the plot as it is was incidental. I started watching the movie how it was made and I think basically if you're watching anything of Peter Jackson's that's how it's going to be because he makes he don't make stories he makes movies doesn't he he makes things to watch yeah definitely Mm. yeah and it's interesting because you say about kind of the transatlantic thing um, I didn't even notice that about the accents. Now you're making me want to watch it again just to, oh, you just did to pay that. attention you did to that. that. It took me twice. The second time, I, w- I was, yeah, it was, you know, the big walrus guy and all that. They're really American. And then the little hedgehog guy and all They're all English. And Mr. Snail guy. I keep forgetting the names, you know, the little worm. Oh, I'll fill you in in a minute. Yeah, so- <laughs> <laughs> so there, there. I'm, my memory's shit. So I mean, names. I, I store Heidi. I mean, I know Heidi. Um, but there's, a, there's there's great little scenes that are thrown in where it kind of. I don't right. There's a, there's a, an English author. I don't know whether he's. I think he's died now. In fact, I'm sure it's called Tom Sharp, and he wrote. A series of book. He wrote Wilt. He wrote Blot on the Landscape. He wrote, which was made into a film with David Jason in it. Uh, no, not David Jason. Oh, crack. David Suchet and Portrait Blue. Fucking amazingly funny books. But what they did, and this follows a Tom Sharp kind of plot line speed thing. They all start off with like an innocuous plot where it's just going along and bowling along and everything's fine. And then things start accelerating and they start accelerating, and start accelerating. And in the end, they don't just accelerate. They just get completely fucking out of control. I mean, in, in, in his Wilt series, there's one where it's, they're all based around English country homes. And there's one where um, they somebody's trying to take over the manor and it's going on but in the end like they start falling out and then the lord dies so they have him in a chair tied to wires so they're working his arms and legs so nobody knows he's dead (laughs) and then but in the end there's fucking the RAF are bombing the place there's fucking tanks coming in the police are there fire engines people are getting blown left right and centre you know and there's bloody student protests going off there's people cutting each other's throats and everything and it, it's like that it started and then it starts two thirds the way through it started accelerating and then then the last like 20 minutes where Heidi gets the gun it's just complete mayhem you know <laughs> Everybody, it really everybody, is. Everybody's getting blown away, and it's gratuitous. There's heads blown off, and there's blood and snot and shit everywhere. And it's just like a Tom Sharp book, and that's what I liked about it. That I could almost see it coming. This, you know, this complete mayhem at the end, which was like, 
Well, it was brilliant. I mean, the, the, you know, the last 20 minutes was so funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're weak. Well, the characters, I think a good thing about yeah. it is the characters come across, it shows the strengths and weaknesses. Like Heidi, um, she goes in a cake shop at one point and, and she's been told she's not to eat chocolate when she's on when she's at work and she ends up eating like every cake and thing in this in this shop and things like that and it's like and 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 i think that's what it it plays on on greed and weaknesses and avarice and and lust and everything you know everybody in there has got a little fault everybody's got something like it's either weakness or greed or avarice or cruelty or whatever every character in it has got this yeah it's basically kind of the imperfection of you know being a a character being a person i guess yeah yeah well speak speaking of the characters you've you've mentioned heidi so she's the drama queen Mm -hmm. obviously the big old lead and then um i don't even know if i want to say it's the love of her life but uh she's not really the love of his. Uh, we've got Bletch, who's but, but, the sleazy walrus. But he's like <laughs> um, the love of a life. But he, but she says, "I'm 18 in two years." So she's like a 60 year old, and he comes across as like this late middle aged old gangster type. You're thinking, "Ooh, that's a bit weird." <laughs> that's a bit dodge. Yeah. <laughs> but he's. I mean, he's a horrible character, isn't he? Yeah. Especially when he eats that little fish. All that fish wanted was to be famous. Oh, and then at the end, he, he spews him up on the golf course. And he goes, how, do I, how did my audition go? And then dies. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> They do really have a couple characters that you really want to hate, like um, Trevor, who's the rat, and the fly. That's the, oh, the fly. paparazzi. Oh, the fucking fly! I, I think when he was eating poo, that's when I went off him right away. No, he deserved to have his wings ripped off. He, I didn't like him. And the rat bloke. Do you know what he? Do you know when he first appeared, or one of the first scenes he appeared? And the, what's the little hedgehog's name? Robert. Right, Robert, yeah. Or Wobbert. Wobbert, right? So when he comes in and and Wobbert's talking to him on set and he just tells him, piss off. Like, he came across like, oh, God, it's gone out of my mind now. It's gone out of my head. Who am I talking about? Um, The uh, rat. No, not yet. Um, What character am I talking about? It was in Oliver Twist. Uh, Not Fagin. Yeah, Fagin. He came across... As Fagin. Do you know what I'm, do you know what I mean? Do you know where I'm coming from? <laughs> you know it's you're gonna go, what the fuck? I've never seen Oliver Twist. But you must have read it. You must know the story of Oliver Twist. We no. didn't have to read that. Okay, in it's not a case school. of having to read it. <laughs> it's a case of choosing to fucking read it. <laughs> Anyway, Fagin. Fagin is basically this old, <laughs> am I allowed to say, old Jewish bloke in today's anti-Semitic labour climate. I say this old Jewish bloke, and, uh, he, he, and he has like a gang of, um, of, of, of street urchins that go robbing and pinching things in London and then bring them back to him. And it's a, a serious one. That's exactly who it is. And I just thought, it's Fagin. That is Fagin. If he didn't get that off of Fa- off the character of Fagin, because he just, it's there, you know. That rat was a Jew. Jeez. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, being, I'm, I'm, but I'm say, what I'm saying is that it was so Fagin out of Oliver Twist. It was so much like they must have based it on that because it was like, it's the first thing that hit me. I thought, oh, that that, that character's like every, that, that's every Fagin I've ever read or seen. You know, all old and cruel and sly and preying on and, and, and on, on younger people to do his bidding and things like that. And I just thought, that's Fagin. That's, that's, that. because it, even like people like Peter Jackson, not every character they've got 
is original out of their own head. They've they've picked these right. up along the way, haven't they? Definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 convinced that one. And and and, and the thing is, as soon as that, no, it couldn't be bad for me because I just thought, no, you're okay, you. I quite like you, even though you're a horrible thing. You're doing all these terrible things. I quite like you. You're okay. <laughs> I don't know that I felt that way about about Trevor. Oh, who was the blo- Who was the guy? He was the the the, the sword thrower. Oh God, he'd yeah, been, he'd been in Vietnam, and he was like completely hooked on every narcotic going one thing. He was a brilliant character. He was, yeah. I was going to say to me, he was almost the most developed character. <laughs> well, he was, but then when he was, he was, he was begging Robert Wobbert for uh, any drugs he's got. He was going right, right into Vic Vic Vaporub and things like that. And then t- he was telling him about his time in Vietnam, and it was like. Wow, that 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 was you almost forgot that they were they were puppet characters. That was almost like documentaries I've seen about Vietnam. You know, it was quite quite harrowing and quite scary, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean about it. It really in a way was the most developed in terms of, you know, he had a backstory. Yeah, it's he, funny that, isn't it? Because he wasn't you know? one of the main characters. So he's like taking one of the second rate characters, not one but developed developed him more than the main characters the main characters were quite shallow and and transparent and you didn't know much about them but then he became this like the you knew him in depth at the end of the film didn't you exactly and and everything that plagued him as well and now that you say that it reminds me that that also the um the elephant he went into some detail about his life a bit more God, is, well, I, I'll tell you what, I'd have taken his wife outside and give her the best fucking good hiding she'd ever had. She was off. <laughs> well, this, she kept coming shot. in, <laughs> accusing him of, 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 well, she said he wanted a DNA test because he was the, he was the, he was, he was the father of this child and he was denying it and denying it. And then it showed the kid and it, in the front of the pram and it's a blue elephant and it's just like him. Yeah. Thinking, half blue oh, elephant, oh, half chicken. Yeah, oh, lad, you're sure stuffed. <laughs> when she was like, when she was standing up in the cinema, in the theatre, uh, berating him and he's he's on stage just like, and he was weak, he was like weak, wasn't he? Because he, he didn't like, and stood up for him, so he, he was like saying, oh, please don't, please leave me alone, rather than saying, hey, you, shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny really isn't it? you watch these things but it's only when you actually start talking about them that you start realizing more about the characters i shall certainly watch it again i think now that i've made ed's got round breaking down the yeah. characters a bit more i was gonna say with that did you have a favorite character out of all of the bunch yeah of course i did the little bloody snail bloke, little caterpillar, whatever his name was. Arthur. Arthur, who ended up having an allotment. He was the one who lived at the end, wasn't he? About four of them lived and he ended up living on an allotment somewhere and growing potatoes and that. And I loved him because he was nice, wasn't he? He was was very sweet. It's funny you say that because that was actually going to be my favourite character (laughs) as well, was Arthur. Yeah. Yeah, he, he just, yeah. he's like, I don't want to say cosy and warm because, you know, he's like a worm, but just his mannerisms and quite, you know, he, he takes Robert under his wing yeah. and gives him the confidence to approach Lucille yeah. and, you know, he doesn't let all the other shit and no. porn movies and everything else that's going on in the background affect him, really. No, no it doesn't. Yeah, and <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of that, um, there was quite a bit of uh, adult action going on oh, in this that, film. Yeah, I mean, that was like, yeah, it was it was every porn movie set going, wasn't it? <laughs> like Because it was like so matter-of-fact, like, 
Uh, right, what are you going to do now, kind of? I'm going, oh, I'm going to take you up the arse now. Oh, okay, well, hurry up, you know, get on with it. Why can't you get a hard on? And all this kind of thing, wasn't it? But it was when like... When he walked in on the, the orgies with oh, the rabbits. Was, yeah. <laughs> and it was so naive, didn't it? Because you were cringing for him because you were saying, oh, please go out. Please, please leave, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, the, the one guy's watching him. There's... Panty sniffing perverts, yeah, cocaine deals. Yeah, I mean it's definitely not a children's uh puppet show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean uh, normally it's kind of you know talking about the plot, but I felt I don't know. Did you feel there really was one? I mean, obviously there was you know little stories, kind of you know an arrangement of stories no, of what my, was going no, on in everyone's life. I don't think there was a plot, and I I think that it was like the film was made for the sake of making it, and it was it was made because he wanted to make a film with animated characters that kind or puppet characters that kind of thing. There was no real plot. There was no plot at all. Never mind. There was no fucking real plot. There was no plot at all. Was there? Because <sighs> Plot, in as much as it was, uh, it was a battle for power and drugs, lech at the top, and then there were the other ones, you know, the crocodile bloke out on the... when they went playing golf and all that kind of thing. There were these three yeah. or four characters that were, like, doing the drugs thing. And when they poured that borax down that poor lad's throat, that was horrible. <laughs> that was... I'm laughing as I'm saying it's horrible, but I mean it was something out of uh, like a like an old gangster movie, right? Like an was. '80s drug deal gone wrong. I mean, I know they don't. Yeah. I know they didn't do it, but it was almost like the kind of thing you'd expected them to doing a Clockwork Orange or something like that. It was, it was, that was it was it was almost like avant garde violence kind of thing wasn't it it was theatrical violence <laughs> it really was yeah it wasn't just punch him in the mouth it was like theatrical and well done so there was no great plot and and like i say and, and it was almost as if the whole film was just building up it's like he got this idea that we were going to have heidi with a machine gun at the end killing everybody and the whole film was building up to that because that just the end like 10 minutes was just complete mayhem of uh, walking around the theatre, just blowing everybody apart. I know. I'm. It kind of makes me think. I haven't watched any of the like making of or anything about it, but you know, you almost wonder. Like, was that just the goal? And then they just tried to, you know, build up things that each what? of these little things could accumulate into yeah, that. But when was it made? At the end. When was it made? It was made in the late eighties, wasn't it? It was, well, yeah. In the decade before that, we'd had, I mean, we had got, we've got things like uh, Fritz the Cat, which was a cartoon, black and white cartoon, featuring a cat that just went, it was a porn movie featuring a cat. Um, Clockwork Orange, lots, lots of films like that. So in the late 80s, 90s, that genre, it's got to reflect on everything you do. You can't say, judge it by what's coming out today. Because the whole business, everything that was coming out, we were kind of, I suppose they were like competing with each other. So it was of its time kind of thing. So I don't think we can actually judge it now because it was of its time. And I remember, I mean, I was quite in 1990, 50, 60. I was 36 then. So I was like getting on. Um, but I was just at the right age for watching that kind of thing because um, I was old enough, old enough to start being cynical, if you know what I mean, you know. As yeah. Fun, uh, so, yeah, so <laughs> I think, you know, um, yeah, it was made like a lot of other films at the time. It was made for shock value for and to showcase all the new techniques that were going on. You know, this was all brand new. You know, you, you've got CGI now and everything. You fucking have CGI then. You had puppets. You had to do it yourself. <laughs> you had to do it yourself. So that was like, that was pretty high tech stuff. Watching that at the day when it came out, that would have been 
a lot more of an impact than it, it has now because we've grown cynical, especially with violence. You know, you get it thrown at you on the television every day. So we do get uh, hardened to violence and death and whatever. But then that was the people that have been coming out of the cinema going, fucking hell, that fucking blow me away, that. Give me a joint. <laughs> well, I was going to say that might have been part of it as well. Well, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> there was quite a bit of that going on. <laughs> but um, you say that but about the violence, but I think it really says something for it that there was still parts of it where I either had to look away or it still made me cringe, like, even now. And that's, yeah, what, 30 yeah. years? Is it 30 years later? Holy sh. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Shit. So, yeah. yeah, but I mean, the flip side of that is that okay, it still made you cringe. What did it make people do thirty years ago? It was probably that film was probably on the cusp of being banned. You know, it it got through, but there were a lot, there were a lot, had a lot less violence in and sexual innuendo and stuff like that. There didn't make it past the censors, uh, and that did, and it was pretty. Also. I mean, I was doing an enormous amount of dope back in those days, and I'd be watching things <laughs> like that. I'd have been, yay, fucking hell, put it on again. <laughs> skin up. Just looping it for days. Skin up and loop it. Hey, there you go. And get the Mars bars out of the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um... <laughs> So to uh, to wrap up on it, um, oh, that sounded a bit kinky. To do um, what did you say then? <laughs> Go down on it. And, uh, <laughs> Dirty <this> girl. Is, <laughs> you should know that by now. I know. You should know that by now. I know. Uh, um, kind of. What are what are your final thoughts on the movie? Did did you love it? Did you hate it? Right. What what first, were your opinions? First time I watched it. I watched it about two weeks ago, and you know we were going to record, and then things got a bit, and we put it back. Um, so I had to watch it again because I've got such a shit memory that I, I really need to to have it fresh in my mind. First time I watched it, I sat through it. I sat through it from start to finish and thought, okay. Second time I watched it, which was only last night, I watched it again last night, I thought, I watched it. I didn't sit through it. I watched it, and I think I watch things over and over again. I don't watch, like you know, like you know. I've no television. The last film I watched before this was the Charlie Brown one we reviewed about two or three years ago. I have never watched. I have never watched television or a film since. I've not got one. I don't need it. I've got loads, loads, loads of things going on in my life. I'm not time for television, but I will watch that again. And I will watch it, and I'll get more out of it. Because apart from apart from what's going on, you look at the sets. The sets are so. Do you look at anything on the sets? Because I bet you didn't. Because you're looking at the characters, but those sort of sets yeah. were so complicated. I bet if you sat, ignore the characters, look around at those sets. I bet they're fantastic. There'll be all sorts of going things going on. It's like when the old Popeye, uh, not Popeye, Captain Pugwash cartoons came on um, in the in the 1950s and 60s. There were things on there that nobody saw for years. Nobody realised that they'd called the ship's mate Seaman Stains. <laughs> And they called, <laughs> called the cabin boy Master Bates. And it was only like years later that all this came out. And Captain Pugwash. Pugwash is the nickname for women's monthlies. You know, I know nobody knew. And it's the same kind of thing. I'd love to watch it again and kind of pick up because I bet there's some jokes in there. I bet there's some little bits of things that they always, people like him, always stick in, don't they? They put little hints of other things. Well, yeah, or they just little jokes and, I th- and and there was like I said the sets were so confusing they were confusing because it was so dark and sinister a lot of it and cruel in, in parts that the sets didn't they couldn't be clean and clinical with nothing they were confused and messy and dirty and lots of things going on and I'm looking I'm thinking you know I'll watch it again just to have a look at the sets because there's, there's all sorts of bits of jokes in there and things like that so it's actually 
yeah, I think there's more to it than just what comes across at first viewing. Yeah, now now you're making me debate watching it again. So I watched it maybe five months ago, something like that. Sometime in the autumn. Um, yeah, sometime, in, sometime when? In the autumn. Oh, you've become very anglicised, haven't you? <laughs> I thought you said in the fall. No. <laughs> See, what was things that? are slowly, slowly changing. Yep. Um, I still say sem- semi-skimmed, though. Yeah. Well, as, yeah. Long, as long as you know what you you mean. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, what I watched it. But, in the you, but if somebody's not, if somebody's not got, a, no, we'll be talking about things like that later. I could say, uh, if somebody's not got a full erection, do you say, have you got a semi on? <laughs> no. That that is the joke that people always tell me because I'll say semi skim or semi. <laughs> but yes, we'll, we'll get onto that. Yes. Well, yeah, we'll get around to that later. Roughly, on. roughly in a little bit. Um, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We are. But <laughs> but um, See, you talk ahead. No, it always comes round to it, doesn't it, with you? Because we're talking about oh. semi. Now we're talking about head. What's it going to be next? Carry on. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Anything's possible. Um, but yeah, now you're making me think because I watched it again um, just this past weekend to make sure that, again, it was fresh in my mind as well. And yeah, you do start to notice a little bit more, but now you're making me think, actually, watch it again. And then maybe not pay attention to the characters as much. And there's probably things going on in the background that see, yeah, you wouldn't Perhaps see. Perhaps we should uh, do that and then revisit this podcast at some future date. <laughs> and then come back. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I know there's another podcast, a bit of a, a side note, but that um, we follow each other on Twitter. And they were talking about watching a foreign film where they hadn't turned the subtitles on right. for the first 10 or 15 minutes. And then they turned them on to obviously see what was happening. But um, I might actually do an episode of their show with them where we watch a foreign film entirely with no subtitles, try to figure out what's going on. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. And then talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because yeah. you'd probably you'd probably be absolutely totally wrong, wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. Like, well, you, know, just... you know when that bloke was like cutting that bloke's head off and you would they'd come back and say, Well no, what actually was he was uh, he was giving him a haircut, um something like that. You know, you, you yeah. That that Exactly. Yeah. What a good idea. You don't you don't you don't often come up with good ideas, but that's a good one. Oh, fuck right <laughs> off. <laughs> <sighs> I can kick you from this recording. You know oh, that, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Well, with that, maybe uh, we'll give everyone a short break okay. and uh, then we'll be back a for com- the A comfort half. break. Absolutely.
we're back for the second half of this Screams and Moans Returns. For those of you who don't know, it's actually been about two months probably since <laughs> Nigel and I recorded the first half. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. But you want to know what? We're still getting the questions answered and uh, we're still getting this show out on time, which is yes. the important thing. <laughs> all right so nigel i know you have been on a few classic screams and moans yep. it's now a tad different so instead of one question yep. you'll get five shorter questions do i get paid more no the pay is actually less oh fuck it's the story of my life <laughs> fuck it, uh, here we go same old stuff. But you, you are drinking a Guinness, though, right? Why so. drinking Guinness? And why am I drinking a Guinness? Because we are recording this on what day? St. Patrick's Day. On St. Patrick's Day. So, cheers to all our Irish friends out there. Woo! <laughs> oh, and we all need to be getting drunk. Absolutely. Don't need an excuse for that, for fuck's sake. We don't need to be a saint's day to get pissed, do we? Just needed to have a why in the day. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much that's how it works. All right. So once you answer the five questions, yeah. uh, then I'm going to ask you a question uh, in terms of what you want want me to ask my next guest. Yeah. So that's where it kind of gets... A little bit of randomness thrown in there, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And everything else is the same. Pimping your podcast, all the good stuff at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you think you're ready? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Of course I am. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So the first question is, what is your favorite flavor of lube? Right. It's this is I mean it's a bit of a fucking daft question this really. To, um right, first of all, I have never in my life, nor will I ever, have a condom sheathed penis shoved in my mouth. So that part <laughs> of it right, no, I don't know. Fuck knows. And to tell you the truth, um when we talk and if you're talking about lube on the female area you know, by the time I've finished with the old mouth bit, um, you know, you don't need lube. You need, like, a submersible pumping to get rid of all the fluids. That are <laughs> so, but, no, I'm not bothered. I mean, if you're talking about lube uh, for the male bit, it could be meat and potato pie for all I care. You know, it's just, you know, my phone has just gone <laughs> ping. And do you know what that is? I've got this app on my phone that it's like flight radar app, and it and it goes ping pong every time an aeroplane somewhere in the world has an emergency and it does an SOS. So while we're recording this, there's some poor bastard over the sea or over land somewhere in the world who's just gone ping pong. Right, but back to the question. Um, yeah, do you know what? When I when I when when all this first came out, all this flavoured lube, and it was always strawberry. Yeah, or cherry. So I think, just for nostalgia's sake, I've got to say strawberry. All right. <laughs> Am I okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, technical difficulties aside, let's uh, Testicle keep moving. Testicle difficulties. Yes. Uh, question two. Question if two. you could only have oral, vaginal, or anal sex for the rest of your life, which would you choose? Right. You can, you can rule anal sex out because, um, really... I don't want to be a recipient. I'm not into all that caper. Apart, uh, and I always feel that anal sex is a bit of a dominating thing. I don't. I. I, I don't really like it because it's like um, I can handle bloke like bend over, bitch, and getting on to knees because I'm going to invade your sphincter. I do think it's a bit of a controlling <laughs> thing. I don't like that at all. I. I. I, I, I 
generally feel, because I've never spoken to many women about how they enjoy anal sex, I, I tend to think it's a bit of a one-way street, you know, that it's more for the man than the woman. And I don't, I don't like that. I couldn't maintain a bloody hard on if I thought that it was doing something just for my benefit. So that's that's out of it. So anal goes. Um, no. <clears throat> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of them. I, I, I like foreplay and that. So, oral sex is great. Now, oral sex. I think I'm going to go oral sex, and the reason for that is, if you're having oral sex, if you're having, if you, if you're being given oral sex, it completely leaves your hands free to do other things. You could actually watch television, type something down. <laughs> play a game and if they were if they were willing to follow you around you could go around making a meal or doing the housework couldn't you as long as they were prepared to go around on their hands and knees in front of it but ordinary sex yeah that means okay you can still have your hands free and they can you know and they can play cowgirl and they can sit or astride or whatever um but it's a bit of a distraction because for one thing you've got a pair of tits bouncing in front in front of your face or a pair of shoulder blades but you're not got as much freedom, so I think oral sex because you you know the top of the red is just about in your line of sight, but it's not really a distraction. So you could get into a good book or um, ring your mother, something like that. <laughs> so you know, I think oral for me, oral. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking it's like. <laughs> Yeah, ringing my mum, other <laughs> other things I might not. Yeah, well, this this <laughs> all this also applies sex. for women as well, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> well, you could do you could do a bit of crocheting, couldn't you? Something like that. I could knit a hat. Knit a hat. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, the, they all might still be distracted by you. The end. <laughs> All right. Question three. What do you cook your one night stand the next morning? Um, oh, God. You know, I could be. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd like to say a full English breakfast, you know, bacon, egg, sausage, tomatoes, beans, black pudding, fried bread. I'd like to say something like that, but then you come across as a bit of a philistine. So I think you have to, I don't know, I would like something light because you want something light because you don't want something lying heavy on your stomach because you've got out of bed. Ten minutes later, you might want to go back again. So you don't want to be mm. like bouncing up and down and farting like point. a trooper, do you, with a stomach full of bloody bacon and egg, do you? So you have something nice and light. Preferably something you can eat off each other. Oh, there see, you. now you're thinking. There you go. Now, now you're thinking laterally. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so we're going to end, we're going to end up with, like, chocolate sauce, aren't we, and strawberries and shit like that, and cream and whatever. I mean, uh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't really eat a fried egg off somebody's tits, can you? <laughs> be like, that, would, that would just be like eating two fried eggs. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's it's the imagery, the imagery yeah. oh, <laughs> there. There we go. I'm having the same images. Well, in a in a related vein, then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question four: What yeah. condiment would you cover your partner in? Just depends what I've got in, doesn't it? It just it just depends what you've got in because you're not going to go out and buy something. Branston pickle, yeah, <laughs> that's very English. That would be epic. <laughs> yeah, something like Branston pickle because then you can like you've got a lick and a nibble, haven't you? Because there's crunchy bits in it, so you can have a lick and a nibble, a lick and a nibble. So that would be quite nice. You don't want to, yeah, Branston pickle. I would like to think if, if I got some. I mean, lime pickle would be nice, but it might, if it gets into creases and places. Yeah, know, might, that could be. Might... I was thinking, like, you wouldn't want to use English mustard or anything either for that oh, same shit, reason. Oh, shit, no. Can you imagine? No, that would uh, 
burn the fork, won't it? Ooh, that'd be horrible. No. Um, yeah. Branson's pickle, but it'd have to be, it'd have to be traditional Branston pickle because they do do a, a sandwich Branston pickle, which is they've crushed all the all the big lumps down, and I think that'd take something away from it. Really, if you're gonna wipe a load of Branston pickle over somebody's breast, you won't have the big <laughs> lumpy bits too for a bit of you know, so you can have a lick and a crunch and a lick and a crunch, and it's nice. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, Bit of texture. You know, if, you feel, if you feel like it, you can have a couple of nice pieces of uh, mature cheddar as well. <laughs> there, you, there you go. It's, you're That's making right. combinations now. Yeah, well, combinations. Mature, mature cheddar and Branson pickle, you know. What was that the Wallace and Gromit used to have? Wensleydale, you could have Wensleydale. Now you could be, you could pretend to be Wallace, couldn't you? Now you Wensleydale could be a bit of a role going on. <laughs> Open your legs, darling. I think I've dropped a bit of Wensleydale. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> uh. All right, we're, we're doing well, we're doing well. Um, so the fifth question is from my previous guest, Renfield, and he wants to know what what do you think is the best body part for the money shot? Oh, well, you know, I'm shooting it all over the back, that seems like a pointless exercise. And the gob is all right, shooting it into somebody's face no it's all right as long as the poor deer who's on the receiving end doesn't look like they're just about to throw up which yeah happens <laughs> doesn't it so i mean uh, on oh i don't know i mean everything's fake and it's i mean on the tits it's like but it's like uh right it's gonna shoot it all over your tits it's a bit fake so you know on the stomach or on 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 the vagina um is I don't know that that's like I think the trouble is people who make porn movies aren't very imaginative and it's like it's script you know, it's so scripted and like, you know, jump off, fires into your face. Uh yeah. and it's like, <laughs> who does okay, that? <laughs> the, done that, you know. Um, so I would, I wouldn't, yeah, I'd go away from that. I mean, I mean most people are probably think the money shot should be, you know, in, down the back of the throat kind of thing, but no, I don't think so. I think it's just, oh, just whip your todger out and let it fly everywhere. <laughs> just whip it around the whole room. Just whip it around <laughs> the whole room, you know. <laughs> and then you could have, um... You could have some on your eyelash, a bit on your tit, and some on a picture of your mother-in-law on on, on the wall or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> would it? Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the the next question is actually, what question would you like to ask my next guest? See, my question. It sounds very tame, but it's something that I think men, a lot of men will have different opinions on this. Um, but I think you'll find that a lot of men will probably side with me. And it is, and women as well, and women as well. Um, basically, clothed or naked, and I'm talking about actually being intimate, making love to somebody, clothes or naked. Now, I know which way I'd go. Now, I'm going to go for clothes. I think there's nothing sexier than, uh, all right, not fully clothed. I don't want you in a fucking Ganex Mac and a bobcap. Um, but... <laughs> boiler suit, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> boiler suit. Well, this is a rubber one. Um <laughs> But like, 
yeah, like not just brown panties, but skirt and and blows or shirt or something like that. I find that incredibly sexy is the actual the revealing. It's not there. It's it's not there to be seen. It's there to be perhaps felt, and but it's not there to be seen. It's not a case of your ear like a piece of meat lying down. It's a case of of moving garments out of the way and the feel of garments on on flesh and things like that. So I really, really, um, if I was making love someday, I would much rather be dressed or at least have some garments on rather naked. I mean, naked is... It's like utilitarian. It's like, come on, let's let's get this done, and then we can, you know, get back to watching Crime Watch, something like that. But <laughs> no, that's it. And I, yeah, clothed or naked. All right. So clothed or naked, which is yeah. the better way to have sex? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, as we bring this episode to a close, it has been good to have you on the podcast again. You're only saying that, are you? No, I'm not just saying that. How quickly can I wrap this up and get this pillock off the line? (laughs) No. Aren't you? Because you've done it before. What? I've done what before? I don't know. Just wrapped a podcast up quickly just to get me out of the way. Everyone would. No. Everyone would done. That's how I it think. Fe- that's I how think. It felt. To, be, <laughs> to, to be fair, I was going to say. To be fair, I'm pretty sure that we have definitely broken the record for the longest screams and moans. With I think one of our recordings was about six and a half hours to know. edit down. <laughs> Well, that doesn't say anything. It just means we're as fucking daft as each other, doesn't it? <laughs> it it does. <laughs> um, but if people want to hear more from you or get in contact with you, uh, what's a good way for them to do that? Um, if you want to just get in contact, I'm just come over to Facebook and say hello. I don't do Twitter anymore. I used to, but I just find I haven't got. I haven't got time to cover all the bases. So I just basically, I just go on Facebook because I like reading all the political, I like going on and reading all the political <laughs> comments and the comments that people come up with, they're hilarious. And I put my own in sometimes and then I get all sorts and banned for 30 days and things like that. Um, I was going to say a bunch of banter going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also on Facebook there, I'm Nigel Boydell on Facebook. Um and that's about it, really. If there haven't been, I have a podcast. I've actually not, we've not done anything really, Molly and I, for months. And I will do. I mean, it's still active and it's still there. It's just that the weather's been crap for so long that I need to get motivated and get some decent weather because the podcast basically, I mean, my podcast history goes back to. Um, like the Uncle Arthur's bollocks things, which was completely insane and upsetting. <laughs> cost me a, cost me a long-standing relationship. Uh, even my children were disgusted with me, but it was very good and very funny. But this one, and all the CSI Troutbeck and HMS Codcast and oh, all, all the other things I did, but this one, it's called um, One Dog and Her Man. Uh, and it's just me and Molly going out on walks, and it's just us walking through the countryside. And I love doing them because I love the countryside. I love walking. That's all I've ever done in my life is go walking the lakes and the hills and the countryside, and I love it. Um, And actually, one of the reasons I started doing it was because years and years ago, I used to do monologues in folk clubs and things like that, and I used to go around old people's homes and do them and things like that at Christmas Eve and things before I went out and got pissed. And uh, and I did this for anyone who can't get out. Uh, perhaps their sight, 
problems or whatever or mobility problems. I thought I'll do this so they yeah. can sit. And my mum, even my ninety-year-old mum, loves them because she can't get out like she used to, and she just sits and says, "Oh, beautiful!" You know, I've talked about going round, you know, going round Bolton Abbey and just walks in the countryside, and I try to describe it as much so as it gets people as involved as you can. But they, you know, they're not to everybody's taste because they are. You know, they're not, most podcasts are in your face, uh, you know, controversial or whatever, and try to be. Well, this one tries not to be. It's a completely change, complete change for me. And it's um, it's called One Dog and Her Man, and it's at Molly Walks. That's M-O-L-L-Y Walks, mollywalks.podbean.com. And then we're on iTunes one dog and a man stitcher radio one dog and a man and other places but mainly um molly dot and we've not done one for a while i think there's about 15 there um but as soon as the weather gets better we shall be out there and putting some more up and i really enjoy doing it and like i say it's a complete change from getting absolutely pissed uh, I'm going on years and years and years and years and years ago, going on one of the podcasts when I was so absolutely pissed that I phoned him up the following day and begged him not to put it out. And he just said, comedy gold, put it out. And my ex-partner finished with me. So thank you very much, Mr. <laughs> that was a laugh. God, I was Oh, well, yeah, I do. I do like listening to the new one. Sometimes it'll be actually it's quite a contrast because I'll be on the train into London, but listening to to your walks as well, which which is nice. it's very much so, um, cup of cup of, very English, very cup of tea and a digestive biscuit kind of thing, isn't it? <laughs> but what I <laughs> now am that you put do, it that way. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to start. I mean, there is music. There's intros, and then there's music in the middle of it. And I'm going to start producing um, my own music, so that I've got like complete. I can say that it's one hundred percent me, rather than having to go down or up and down the internet trying to find things that uh, I'm not going to get done for copyright problems with. So, so yeah, as well, amazing. All right. Well, uh, if you're listening to Screams and Moans Returns, you can also follow me on Instagram, Screams and Moans Returns. And we also have a Facebook page. So again, Nigel, it's been good having you back yeah, on yeah. the show. Yeah, it's been it's been great again. Yeah. It always <laughs> is. It always I can see that we've done so many, I can always say it's been good again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and once once we get around Christmas time again, you know, I'll have to have you on for yeah, the, yeah, for the absolutely, absolutely. If I'm if I'm still alive, well, hopefully so. I'm getting on in years <laughs> now, you know. You get to my age, and you're fucking glad when you wake up every morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, and before then, I'm sure we'll see you. Well, on a personal note, we'll see you in a few months uh, when we're. Up north again. Yeah, yeah. When you come over to our, the com- the conflicting county. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a southerner you? now. How dare you? Are you coming up? Yeah. <laughs> bloody York. All right. Well, for our listeners, if you've enjoyed the show, please share with a friend. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.